and new clothes, new shoes, good stuff. And, and God loved us so much that he gave us the best Christmas gift he could ever give. He gave us the gift of grace. He gave us the gift of salvation, somebody say amen. He gave us that gift. And so whenever someone gives a gift to someone, <clears throat> it's often because that person has earned that gift. Uh, you love your children, so you give them gifts, Christmas and birthdays, and sometimes they beg you to give them a gift, and so they give you that gift, and you get the gift, and they, sometimes they're, if they're ungrateful for the gift, they just kind of, is that all I get? You know, it's not what I wanted. You know, you're like, man, be quiet, right? And I was growing up, I'd be like, I want Levi's. My mom would buy, my mom would buy me the, the, the knockoff brand of Levi's, Wrangler, you know, and, and, or she'd buy me like a, the cheaper version. Instead of having Converse, I would have Converts. Or, uh, you know, instead of uh, Nike, I'd have Nike. And it was just, it, you know, my shoes would fall apart before I could even get down the block. And, and so when someone gives a gift, though, it's because... Uh, we think that, that it's because that person has earned it. And other times we want to recognize and appreciate that person, so we give them a gift. We want to recognize them and we want to love on them because we want to show them our love for them, so we give them a gift. Well, the gift, God's grace, is a gift that was demonstrated through Jesus Christ. God said, God loved the world so much we all know the verse, right? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. If you know it, say it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. See, God loved us so much, he gave us the gift of his son, Jesus, as the gift or demonstration of the grace of God. And last week, we talked about how grace is, is undeserved favor. It's undeserved. You didn't deserve it. Nothing you did could earn the favor of God in your life. Nothing you do now. You can't give enough money. You can't serve enough in the church and make God love you more. God loves you no matter whether you give. God matters no matter whether you serve. God matters no matter whether or not you love coming to church or not. You may be like, man, it's Sunday. I don't like going to church. Well, you know what? God loves you still no matter what, and he still gives you the gift of grace. And you see, God's, God's grace if you're taking notes, write this down. God's grace is expressed in his great love for us. God loved us so much that he, get, he expressed his grace in, through his love. The Bible says in Ephesians, the first, go back to the, the opening verse that we had and look up to verse 4. Watch what it says. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were, what, dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. God loved you so much, he saved you by grace. See, what we don't understand is that it's God is the very nature of love. As a matter of fact, 1 John chapter 4, verse 8 says this. says, the one who does not know love does not know God, for God is love. God is the express image of love. So when you look at God, you say God is the image of love, and he expressed it by sending his son, Jesus Christ. He expresses his love and his grace through his generosity toward, toward us. 
and his mercy toward us. You don't deserve for him to forgive you. You don't deserve for him to save you. You don't deserve, matter of fact, it's like they say, you don't deserve nothing, right? You, you deserve nothing. You, you, you get squat. But God, in his love and his mercy, said, even though, though you don't deserve it, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to save you. I'm going to bring you. I'm going to make a way for you to become safe. Now, keep in mind, I'm not saying that you're, you are saved. If you've never confessed Jesus Christ and accepted him into your heart, then, then you're not saved. But he's made a way because of his grace and mercy to save you from your sin. He saved you from the, 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 the you should have been the one on the cross. Come on. You should have been the one that was crucified. You should have been the one that was flogged. You should have been the one, but you weren't the one. Jesus stood in your place. And, and, and he shows us his love, and he shows us or expresses his love by giving us the gift of grace and mercy. And, and, and because we cannot understand why, because we cannot understand why someone would love us, we reject that love. Why would God love me? I'm nobody. Does God know what I did? If God, if God knew, that, I've heard this one before. If God knew all the things I did, he wouldn't love me. <clears throat> Here's the thing. God knows everything and he still loves you. God understood even in the, in the midst of your sin. He says when you were dead in your transgressions, when you were still sinning, you were still out in the world. You were still smoking and getting high. You were still out there getting drunk. You were still sleeping around. You were still doing things that you shouldn't be. You were stealing from your job. Whatever you were doing, when you were out there dead in your transgressions, and, and I'll get to that in a minute, but he, he loved you and continued to love you and still loves you. And because we don't understand that, we reject, we reject his love. And whenever you reject something, when you reject a person's love, you begin to work against it to sabotage your relationship. That's why a lot of times in marriages, marriages go south because one or the other person doesn't believe that that person loves them enough or can't accept that they love them enough, and so they begin to reject that love. And when they reject that love, they begin to work in contrast or uh, in opposition to that person and begin to sabotage that love. And that's what we do with our relationship with God. God loved us so much, but we can't understand that. God, I, why would God love me? I'm nothing. I'm a nobody. I'm a mess. If I, God would, God, you know, we, don't, we just don't grasp the idea that God is merciful and loves us even when we don't, we don't love ourselves. And to reject God's gift is to, to, is to reject God because Jesus is the embodiment of that gift. So if we say, well, I could, I'm, I'll have to wait, I'll have to come to God on my terms. No, there's, you, don't make, you don't get to write the rules on how you come to God. You don't get to make, a, make, make, the, make a, the platform and say, well, when I come to God, I'm going to come this way. No, God said the only way you can come is through accepting Jesus Christ. That's the only way. That's the only way. Come on, right? We had somebody one time that we gave a gift to them, and they, they were like, well, they, looked at the, they opened the gift and looked at it and said, oh. And I said, well, give me that gift back. You don't deserve it. <laughs> and how many times God said, you know, I love you, and I forgive you. All you have to do is just walk, walk in that forgiveness, walk in that mercy, walk in that love, walk in that, 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 that the grace that I've given you. 
And yet we, can, we choose to walk opposite of that. We choose to live opposite of what God died, what Jesus died for us. And he says in verse five, he says, while you were dead and in your sinful state, God continued to love you. Listen, when you're dead in your sin, when it means by being dead in your sin is you were, you were living a lifestyle of sin and you had no care in the world. You could go out, get high, and, and, and be, you wouldn't feel a thing. You would be like, you know, it's just part of what I normally do. It's, it's my life. I, just, I, go, I get up in the morning, I drink. I, go, I get high. I get drunk. I go sleep around. I steal. I, whatever. I cuss people out. You know, I don't know. Whatever, you, whatever you're, you're, you struggled with, what you were in bondage to. And when you're dead in your sin, you, you feel no remorse. You feel no shame. You feel no, no conviction in your heart or in your soul because of, of the fact that your soul, your inner man is dead. And, and, and so while you were living the lifestyle of sin and not having any shame, any guilt, any, feeling any pain or any, uh, any uh, conviction in your heart, even when you were numb and couldn't feel the presence of God, he continued to love you. Even when you were, not, you were not in a relationship with God, he loved you and extended his mercy and his love to you. You, you, mu- you must, the thing is that we have to accept the work of Jesus Christ in order to receive this gift. Hello? Do you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sin? Now, before you answer that and say yes. Okay, the canned answer is Yes. Yes. Do you? Because the proper response is, I believe and so I will live accordingly. Because we make altar calls all the time, all year long. We make altar calls. People come up, they get saved, and they go right back out. And they pray the prayer of salvation, but they go right back out and continue to, because they don't believe in the work of, of Jesus Christ. When you believe in the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, when you believe that Jesus was born of a virgin, that Jesus walked among us, that Jesus performed miracles, that Jesus lived a life, uh, a life as man, perfect and sinless in every way, and died on the cross for our sin, was crucified, rose on the grave, and, is, and, and ascended to the right hand of the Father is coming back. If you believe that with all of your heart, with total conviction, that's a, then it changes the way you, the way you live your life. You have to, a gift is not, is not a gift until it's accepted. If I give you a gift, you accept that gift. Thank you. Oh, yes. I love it. Put it on the shelf. Right? I love the fact that salvation in Jesus Christ, salvation is a gift that we can re-gift. Except we don't save people, we give them the gift of Jesus. We share that gift with them. And, and, and so a gift is not a gift until it's accepted. But here's the second thing. God's grace is revealed. Okay, listen. God expresses his, his grace through his love. But God's grace is revealed in our transformed lives. It, he's revealed in the way that we live as Christians, as believers, and people of faith, as we walk with God, as we walk close to God, as we build relationship with God, and as we, as we uh, live a life of self-denial, as we live a life of, of, free, of, of holding on to the truth of the word of God. 
God's grace becomes revealed in us. People look at you and go, I remember when you were used to, you used to go out and get high, get drunk. Man, you, you'd come to work drunk, you'd come to work high. Man, you, just to look at you, you, yet you walk around with one eye closed and one eye open trying to stand up. You could barely even stand up. We called you one wide willy because you just like this all the time. And, and man, look at you now. You're, you're, you're walking with God. You're going to church. You're doing things. You're, you're reaching the lot. You're reaching out to, to the poor people. And, and what is it that you did? You know, I didn't do nothing. It's the grace of God. God saw me in my broken place. God saw me in the way that I was. God saw me, you know, destroyed by the enemy. And he reached down into the darkest of darkest regions of my life. And in, in, in my world, he reached in there, dirtied his hands, and brought me out of that, that place of despair and saved my life. <laughs> That's the grace of God. And I like what First Peter chapter 5, verses, verse 10 says. Watch this. <laughs> Let me get a little bit of water. I'm getting dry. He says, and after you have suffered a little while, watch this, the God of all grace who imparts, this is amplified version, the God of all grace who imparts all blessing and favor who has called you to his own, God has called you to his own. He's called you to become a, become a part of the family of God. He says, who's called you to his own, Eternal glory in Christ Jesus will himself be complete and make you what you ought to be. And establish and ground you securely and strengthen and settle you. Now watch. You cannot change yourself. Hello? You can't change yourself. Whatever you're doing, you cannot change yourself. You can try. I mean, we can do some things, like we can go on health programs and, 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 and do some weight loss programs and work out in the gym, and we can maybe get fit, but you cannot change your soul. You cannot change yourself. You, you, can, you, you can make a conscious effort to stay strong, but God will complete and make you what you ought to be. It's God, as you begin to surrender to God, you say, God, thank you for your grace. I don't deserve it. Because of your grace, I'm going to surrender my life to you. And as I surrender my life to you, as you surrender your life to God, God takes what you surrender and he begins to transform it into what it needs to be. And it doesn't happen overnight. I hate that. You know, God, just zap me. Okay. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm happy to be serving the Lord for the last 30 years. No. He takes you through years and years Years of falling and getting up and falling and getting up and making mistakes and getting up and, and, and going strong for a few years. And then you make a bad decision and you fall again and you get back up and you keep on going. And, 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 but you learn from the growth. You learn from the mistakes. What I love is that he's not going to let you stay down. He's going to establish you and ground you so that, that, that in grace, you, will, not un, you, will, you are not, will not become unstable and double-minded. I think the reason a lot of people struggle in their walk with God is because they're not stable or established in the grace of God. That they haven't received him. They haven't really understood the transforming power of Jesus Christ. If God can take a man who murdered Christians and persecuted Christians and threw Christians in prison, knock him off of his high horse, change his life, he, God had to blind Paul before he could 
tell you, God will take your sight away. Right? I can't see. And, oh, now I see. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. He will establish you so that you, you, you stay firm and grounded in your personal relationship with God. That's the gift of grace. See, grace is not just God's undeserved favor. God's, the grace of God is also God's, God's power and strength and ability to walk with God. Even in, in, and a lot of times you see people that, are, you know, I love God, and then they make a mistake, and what happens? We call that they fell, they fell from grace. You fall away from grace. You made a mistake, and you fell away from the grace. Grace carries you through. Grace gives you the strength to keep on walking with God. That's what makes you, establishes you. So you made a mistake. Get back up. So you, you, you slipped and you got drunk. Get back up. What's important is not that you fell. What's important is that you get back up. That you recognize that God has given you the strength and his grace takes you, like, like if you fall and somebody falls and you, somebody comes alongside and, and helps pick you up, that's the grace of God. He helps you. And I like what 2 Corinthians chapter 9 says this. It says, and, and God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing, come to you in abundance so that you may always and, and under all circumstances and whatever the need be, self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. I love that. God is able to make all favor come your way. Hello? He's able to make all favor come your way. Favor is when you can go places and people, they bless you without you having to ask for it. Oh, don't worry about it. It's comped. I went the other day to get some copies somewhere. And I make copies, not coffee, but copies. And uh, as, and, and I... The, the, you could see the young lady that was making the copies was struggling because some of the other customers were upset and angry and they were rah, 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 and they were getting mad at her and she was getting frustrated. So when it came my turn, I said, I just said, Miha, I believe in you. You got it. You can do it. I, I believe you can figure it out. And, and she spent about a good 30 minutes trying to figure out how to print the stuff that I needed printed. And then when she finally printed it, I said, see, I told you, you did a great job. I'm so proud of you. Man, you need to, you deserve a raise. You know what? She turned around and I said, I... When she brought me the copies, I said, okay, I need to pay for it. She goes, don't worry about it. I didn't ask for it. I didn't do that. I wasn't nice to her so I could get something for free. That was the favor of God. And sometimes favor will not only come in the form of, of money or, or job opportunities. Sometimes favor comes with people granting you access. Grace is, is more than God's mercy. It, it's, it's God's earthly favor and blessing so that you can fulfill Watch, when God blesses you divinely, when God gives you favor in your life and expresses the grace over your life so you can have favor, it's not for you. Remember one time my mom and dad gave me, they gave me some money for Christmas. They said, here's $100, go buy gifts. Back, back in those days, $100 went a long way. <laughs> Today it puts barely a tank of gas in your 
So they give me $100. They said, go buy, go, go buy gifts for the family. I said, okay. So I was like, okay, cool. So I bought them all $1 gifts, and I kept the rest of the money for myself. <laughs> and I remember my mom saying to me, she said, that money wasn't for you. She said, but because you chose to keep the money, she says, I'm taking your gifts back. That wasn't favor either. <laughs> and that wasn't grace. But realizing that the blessings that we receive from God because of the grace of God in our life. See, you cannot serve God and, and you cannot not serve God. You can basically, you cannot be a non-Christian and not serve God and, and say, I want God to bless me. No, that doesn't work that way. Because when you're a Christian and God blesses you, he doesn't bless you for you. Contrary to the prosperity gospel. Bless you. Come on, I've got, got, got a Rolls Royce for me somewhere, you know. No, he don't. You got a good car out in the driveway. What do you need a Rolls Royce for? Why do you need a, 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 you know, a, a million dollar home? God blesses you so you can be a blessing. He shows you favor and grace so that you can express that grace to other people. He blesses you so that you can say, hey, I don't have much, but what I have, I give to you too. That's what Peter and Peter and John said to the, to the blind beggar, they said, you know, silver and gold we have not, but what we do have, we will give you. And even when you don't have anything, you say, I don't have nothing. Yes, you do. What do I have, pastor? What do I have? You have Jesus. And you give them Jesus. If you don't have cash, you give them what you have. You have a relationship with God. And when you don't give them that, you're telling people, I don't have a relationship with God. And my relationship with God doesn't matter. But when you do, you say, man, I've been, my life has been changed and transformed. And I'm, because it's been changed and transformed, I want everyone I meet to have that same transformation. That's grace. It's a gift. That keeps on giving, amen. The favor of God is, 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 is the favor is, is God's undeserved grace towards you because of his grace, you have everything that you need. There's nothing that you have that you don't need. Well, I sure could use a, sure could use a, a Bentley, you know. You, no, you couldn't. You don't need a Bentley, right? I'm not talking, talking to a, crowd that probably drives more <laughs> like four Tauruses or something, but, you know. But I have a vehicle that works. Might need a little bit of work, but it works. It's running. It gets me from, pay, from A to B, right? Those are blessings. Sometimes our kids today, we, we get so, our kids so used to today us giving them everything they want that they don't understand the power of of appreciating what they have. And sometimes we look at our relationship with God and we say, I want more from God. And God is always willing to give you more of himself. And in church today, the, the problem, the false doctrine is that we have, we have painted this picture that being, going more from God equals to more money from God. But God gives you health. He gives you life. He gives you freedom. He gives you, he, we live in the United States where you have the freedom to worship God. You have, nobody's taking you to jail and dragging you out of church and putting a gun to your head and telling you to renounce Christ. Nobody in the United States is doing that. You may not like the president. You may not like the governors. You may not like whoever's in charge. But I'll tell you right now, we, have, we live in a, in a country where we still have freedom to worship God. And, 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 and when you have that freedom, you're saying, God, 
God has loved me so much, he took me out of a dark place and changed my life. Given me freedom. And because of that freedom, it's expressed in how I live my life. Self-denial. The Bible says in the last days, the love of many will grow cold. In 2 Timothy, he says that in the last days, men will become lovers of themselves. Selfish. Me. What about me? What about me? What about you? No. What about me? What, 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 do, what do I get? What about me? What, what's my? Listen. When you understand that God loved you and saved you, brought you out of darkness, you realize you're so grateful, it doesn't make a difference whether you get gifts for Christmas or not. I'm just glad to be alive. I'm glad that I have Jesus. His grace is great. That's why you don't need to turn, to every, turn everywhere else to people and to other sources or resources that you have God in your life. Sometimes we forget that God is there. So we turn to other things to pacify our, our longing that can only be filled with God. Psychology calls them coping mechanisms. We, we, we fall into psychological coping mechanisms, whether it's we do, sometimes it's thumbing through Facebook for hours or TikTok for hours because you're bored rather than reading your Bible. Amen? Sometimes it's, sometimes it's, it's watching something that's not healthy for you spiritually. Sometimes it's, it's getting around people who are the wrong influence in your life. And, and, and when that happens, you, you got to be able to say, listen, the grace of God has brought me out of, of, of places that I used to be. I used to go to those places. I don't go to those places anymore. It's because of the grace of God that I'm set free and saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. It is the gift of God. And I'm accepting this Christmas, I'm accepting the gift of grace in my life. It's the gift of grace in my life. So how do you, how do you live your life? How you live your life in Christ demonstrates that you have accepted the gift of grace. So how you live your life shows other people whether or not you've, you've, you're walking in grace. Colossians chapter 1 verse 10 says this, in every good work and, in, and conduct, and every good work and, this is me started up here, that you may walk and live and conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him and desiring to please him in all things, bearing fruit in every good work and steadily growing and increasing in and by the knowledge of God with fuller, deeper, and clearer insight, acquaintance, and recognition. When you fully receive the gift of grace in your life, you begin to embrace a lifestyle that is worthy of the Lord. You got to understand, I have a passion to disciple people to walk with God. I want to see your, your walk with God strengthened every single day. I want you to see you get closer to God. And I'm telling you right now that, that when you begin to accept the gift of grace in your life and realize that you're not where you were and you're not who you were when you, when you were out in the world, you were not the person you were. When, some, people, some of you have told me, if you knew me out in the world, Pastor, you wouldn't want to be around me. If you knew who I was back then, you wouldn't want to know me. 
I'm telling you, I'm glad that you know the, that, that it's by the grace of God that you are in the house of God today. Come on, somebody. It's by the grace of God you're in the house, of, uh, the house today. And when you embrace that grace, you say, God gave so much to me. And what is my life? My life is, is, is pennies compared to what God has done for me. The least I could do is give him my time. The least I could do is give him my relationship through his word. The least I can do is memorize his word. The least I can do is tell others about Jesus. The least I can do is walk in faith with him. The least I can do. It's the least. Today we act like, we act like we're, 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 we're asking you to, 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 to go sell your children into, in, into, on the dark web and bring the money to the church. I'm like, hey, we need you to give a financial offering. Or, hey, we need you to serve in the children's ministry. Oh, 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 what are they asking me to do that for? Listen, because of the grace. Because of what God has done in your life. He saved you. He, he brought you out of that darkness. He changed your life. You're not the person you were before. And self-denial becomes easy because when you embrace the grace of God, self-denial becomes easy because you understand that God has shown you grace when you even didn't deserve it. You didn't deserve for God to forgive you. You didn't deserve for the blood of Jesus to wash you. Yet God took you and washed you with the blood of his son. He changed your name, put your name in the Lamb's book of life and said, I'm giving you a new lease on life. I'm giving you identity. I'm writing your name down in the Lamb's book of life. I'm putting you down as, and, and putting your feet down upon the rock. You, you've got all that you need. He said, man, I got everything that I need. I just need to walk in self-denial. This other thing that scripture that we read says this, fully pleasing to him. Question I have for you is, are you living a life that's pleasing to God? When you look at yourself in the mirror, can you ask yourself, am I doing what honors God in my walk? Am I doing what honors God in my faith? What pleases him? What pleases God? What pleases him? A living a life unto him. Saying, God, I, I just want to please God. Some people will call me super freak or Jesus freak. I mean, not super freak. <laughs> Jesus freak. That, I don't know where that came from. Uh, <laughs> they call me a Jesus freak. I don't care if they call me a Jesus freak. I don't care if I have to read my, if I'm reading my Bible at lunchtime. I don't care. What I want is I want to live a life that's fully pleasing to him, desiring to please him in all things. I mean, everything that you do. Look at your life and look at your home. Look at your family. Look at what you do and say, is what I'm about to do, is that pleasing to God? Is what I'm about to say, is that pleasing to God? Is what I'm about to think, is that pleasing to God? What pleases him? I like what the Bible says, religion as pure and faultless as this, this is to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to feed the hungry and keep yourself from being polluted by the world. You follow those four principles, you'll live a life that's pleasing to God. You'll live a life that honors him. And he goes on to say this, bearing fruit in every good work. Listen, when you bear fruit in your walk with God and because of the grace of God, when you bear fruit with God, fruit doesn't mean that you're fruity. Yeah, so I know some people are like, oh, fruity, woo-hoo. 
But more fruit, bearing fruit in your life means this, that it's evident in your character, it's evident in your nature, but it's also evident in your work. How you live. The the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But above those things, also demonstrated in your service at your job, you're not late. You're you're early, if anything. When you're there, you work, you don't complain. You give 110% all to at your job while you're there. You, 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 You honor God there, though. You don't fall in line with other people and start doing what they do. You, you, you glorify God in all that you do. Come on. And then you bear fruit. The Bible says you shall know them by their, right, because of the grace of God. When you're walking in the grace of God, it's easy. You just naturally do it. People don't want to, people that don't understand God's grace, people don't understand God's grace because we do not demonstrate the grace of God in our personal and in our spiritual lives. So as we're out in the world, as we're, 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 we're serving the Lord at our jobs and among people who don't know Jesus, I call them the unchurched. It's not, I'm not going to say they're heathens or call them down in any way. <coughs> These are people <clears throat> that are watching us. They're watching you. And we demonstrate the grace of God as they, as they see us they look at us and they know and they notice the favor of God in our life and they, they want what we have. That's the expression of grace. So God not only expresses his grace through his love, God expresses his grace in how we live and God expresses his grace through us to other people. Because when you have received grace, I think of the story This guy uh, owns his business, and as he owns his business, he's got these workers that come in, and one of his workers decided that he needed to borrow some money from him, and so he asked him for, for a loan, and as he asks him for that loan, he, the, the, manager gives, the owner gives him a, a loan and, uh, and tells him, you'll have to pay me back, though, okay, because, you know, I'm taking this out of the company money, and so... You know, he sets a deadline for the, the man to repay him. The deadline comes and goes, and the man doesn't pay him, but he comes to work. He still collects a check. So finally, one day, the, the owner kept asking him, hey, are you going to pay me back? And the owners, and, and the man said, yeah, yeah, I plan to. I'm sorry, I completely forgot. And yet, another several weeks goes by, and he's not saying anything. So the owner gets mad. He gets so mad at this man. He waits for the man by the door. When the man comes in, he grabs him and he throws him against the wall. You owe me money. I'm taking you to jail. I'm going to send you to jail. You owe me money. Now, now it's, no longer, it's no longer a loan. You, you stole it. And the man said, I'm so sorry. He says, you don't understand. My wife's been sick. He goes, and he goes I used the money to take care of my wife my, and my children. He says, I needed the money. He says, and I, I didn't steal it. He says, I, I, I want to repay you. <clears throat> the owner, after hearing the story, he, said, he gets full of compassion. And he, he looks at this man and he says, okay, you know what? I'm going to give you, it's a gift. Don't worry about paying it back. The man, he's 
he's falling over himself. He's so, oh my, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you for, oh my, I, I, I'm stressing out, figuring out how I'm going to pay you. I was always afraid to come to work because I knew I, I needed to come to work, but I didn't know. Man said, hey, look, I didn't, know, I didn't know the whole story. Now I do. Don't worry about it. Take care of your family. <clears throat> the other side of the story is that that man, he had taken some of the money that he had, he had borrowed from his boss, the, the money that he had borrowed from his boss, and his next door neighbor needed help. And he only needed, he needed a couple hundred dollars, so he gave him a couple hundred dollars. So he goes back to that guy. He catches him outside his garage and slams him against the garage. He says, you owe me my $200, you nothing, nothing, beep, 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 beep. Well, somebody across the street found out about it. And so they posted it on social media, and somehow that story gets back to the owner. So the owner says, the next day the guy goes into work, and the owner says, I want you to come to my office. He said, what? He goes, listen, I'm firing you today. Well, yesterday you were telling me you're forgiving me. He goes, yeah. He showed him the video. He says, look, he says, I forgave you. And you owed me a whole lot more money than that man owed you. He says, and it, it, he says, the same mercy that I showed you, you should have shown to him. But you didn't do that. See, God's grace loves us and forgives us. But God also wants us to walk in that same grace toward others. That's how he expresses the grace. See, during Christmas... We get so wrapped up during the Christmas season. We get so wrapped up in, in, in getting gifts and giving gifts. And, and it's all about the gifts. And if this gift and that gift. And oh my gosh, I'm broke. And I got to charge all my cards out. And now I don't know what I'm going to do. Instead of saying, you know, look. The, the gift of grace is, is so much deeper than anything you, could get, you can buy with your money. Anything you could buy for someone else. You can't buy grace. You give it. You can't purchase it on Amazon. There's no discount to grace. If anything, grace costed Jesus his life. And it should cost us ours in giving it to others. That's the expression of grace. When you accept the gift of grace in your life, you say, God, thank you. Every day, I look in the mirror. And I think about the many times in my life that I've messed up. Times I feel like I've, I know that I've disciplined. I, I'm honest, I'm gonna be honest with you, I, I'm not always been a perfect person. I would like to think I am, but I'm not. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Rose. <laughs> she keeps me humble. Um, but I stand and I look at myself and I say, God, how could you love someone like me? How can you love a person who has at times even put on the facade of being a Christian? I've worked in jobs where you know, I'd go to church, but I'd go to the job and, and fall right in line with everybody else and would want to put on the facade. And yet I felt like the, the overwhelming grace of God. 
said, I love you for you. I love you because, not because of what you've done. I love you because of who you are. And I have a purpose and a plan for you. The Lord says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans not to harm you, but plans to give you a future and a hope. When God knows those plans, and, and, and I say, God, it's the grace of God that brought me this far. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. It's the grace of God. And I challenge you through this Christmas season and, and beyond, through Christmas and beyond, um, to express the grace of God. There are people, I believe the Holy Spirit's telling me, there are people in your life. Some of you in here today, there are people in your life that you've been holding, you hold them in your heart, and really you're not hurting them, you're hurting yourself. What would change if you expressed grace to them? What would be different if you, out of the love and grace and mercy that you've received from God, what if you love and forgave them the same way? What would, what would change? What if they don't change? You're not doing it for them. You're doing it for you. And by doing it for you, God does things through you. You express the grace of God. I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads. This message is focused on the gospel and the grace of God. How many in this place this morning you say, Pastor, I I have not embraced God's grace in my life. I need his grace. I've not been living the way I know I should. I've I've been falling short of the glory or the grace of God. I need God in my life today. I want to make my life right with God. I want my life to be transformed. With every head bowed in this place, nobody looking around, I want you to think for just a few minutes. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Is there grace in your heart? Are you walking in that grace that God has given you? Are you expressing that grace to others? So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm gonna count to three. If you would like to make your life right with Jesus Christ today, it doesn't make a difference if you served the Lord for 30 years or three minutes, or maybe you've never served him at all. When I get to three, I want every one of you to say, I wanna make my life right with God. Pastor, I wanna walk in that grace that you talked about today. With every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around. When I say three, I want you to stand to your feet. One, two, three. See you standing. Yes, anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? There's still time. Anybody else? 
If you're standing, I'm gonna invite you to come and stand with me over here. And I wanna pray with you personally. As a, as a group, we're gonna pray together to accept, to, to make our lives right with God. Would you take a step of faith and stand, step out of where you're standing? Come and stand with me. I'll, I'll meet you right down here. Let's stand together. Let's make our lives right with God. God loves you. He loves you. And I love the fact that his grace is, reaches so far. You cannot run from God that God will not find you and, reach and, and love you. You can run from God and God's like, nope, come right back here. I got you. Those of you that are sitting, would you stretch your hands forward? And even along with us, would you pray with us this morning? Say, those of you who are standing here this morning, I want you to put your hand over your heart. And you pray out loud with me this morning. Say, Heavenly Father, I confess that I have not been walking in grace. Please forgive me. I accept your grace. I accept your love. I accept your mercy in my heart. I, today, I give you permission to change my life so that I can be an expression of grace to others thank you for sending Jesus to be born on this earth to die for my sin thank you Jesus that it's through you I have new life today I choose to reject my past and move forward and walk with you in Jesus name I pray amen and amen. I want you to take your hands and raise them up. I'm going to pray over you. Would you stand to your feet if you're standing and sitting in the audience this morning? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, there is power in your name. And so, Lord, right now, we pray over every single person standing at these altars this morning. Lord, we don't, it doesn't make a difference where they've come from. It doesn't make a difference where, where, where they've been, Father God. You don't look at them and judge them by their past Lord, you don't judge them by their, you judge them by their sin. But Lord, you love them for where you are taking them in their life. And so Lord, today we bless them right now. We bless every single person standing here. We know that you have heard their prayer. We know that you have heard their, their cry, Father God. And so Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit would empower them, strengthen them in this new season of grace in their life. I pray, Father God, that as they walk from grace to grace, that the grace of God would increase all the more in their life. And that, Lord, you would keep them established and from stumbling. In Jesus' powerful name, I pray. Can you guys say amen? Amen. Can you guys say amen? Come on, let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Amen. You guys may be seated. Thank you. Please remain standing. Pastor Rose, I think you guys... Oh, let me grab that mic right quick. Got some, in, some instructions before we dismiss. What a great word about grace, amen? Greatest expression of it. Well, just a few uh, uh, quick announcements before we go. Um, we've been doing our uh, Operation Christmas Outreach. <laughs> and uh, yesterday, I believe, they went out families. for an outreach. And we have adopted 45 families to bless for Christmas with gifts and um, basic essentials and sweaters and socks and everything that you guys have 
given uh, to donate, that you've donated or you've bought yourself. So I just want to thank you so much for that. But we still have room to bless more families. Our goal was 75 families. So they wanted me, Pastor Tony and Pastor Barbara, who are out sick, pray for them. They're out with the flu. I've got about 12 families that are out sick with the flu. So let's, we're going to pray for them before we dismiss today. Um, But uh, their goal was 75 families. And so I just want to let you know, if you are a family that's in need, of course, we are take care of in-house. We take care of our own family here at Equip Church. But if you know of somebody, maybe your neighbor or a coworker or another family member, I want you to see Miss Cindy. Where are you, Cindy? She's right there, right in the back. See her in the lobby, and she will get that information, and we'll make sure we contact them to let them know we want to bless them now. That's our um, Christmas outreach uh, operation, Christmas Blessing, is going to be next Saturday, the 17th, here at the church. We're going to have food for all our families that we've adopted for Christmas. We're going to give them all of their gifts and just love on them and bless them. So see Miss Cindy after service. Um, if you know of anybody that is in need, that we, we want to be able to bless them. And also today, we have our carne asada taco fundraiser. So, yay! <laughs> They're delicious. I don't know if you can smell it uh, from the kitchen coming into the sanctuary. But please support um, our taco fundraiser today. We all go to lunch after church. Uh, it's an affordable thing. It's uh, your tacos, your rice and beans and drink for only 10 bucks. I know we spend more than that because it's expensive to eat out. So let's keep it in-house, and let's bless uh, um, God's family here. That money goes towards continuing to do the outreaches that we do, okay? Amen. Thank you guys so much. God bless you. Amen. Oh, let's pray over your food. Let's also pray for Pastor Tony and for those that are, Pastor Tony and Barbara, and those that are sick. Heavenly Father, first and foremost, Lord God, we pray for every person who is sick with the flu, COVID, RSV, Lord God, Right now, in the name of Jesus, we rebuke the sickness in Jesus' name. And Lord, we believe, Lord God, that your, by your, your word says that by your stripes we are healed. So in the name of Jesus, bring healing to their bodies. Set them free in Jesus' name. And Lord, we pray over the food that we're about to eat for every person. We pray that you bless the food, bless the fellowship in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you.